How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. In today's third and final installment of our Verizon series, we discuss the ever-important topic of interoperability. Joining me today is Mr. Tony Dolisal. Tony is a subject matter expert on public safety technology for Verizon. Tony, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Tony, I'll be honest with you, the term interoperability within the public safety sector is not only ubiquitous, but also tends to elicit a very strong response from the responder community on a regular basis. I have said it time and time again, it likely is the single most documented topic requiring improvement in most after-action reports. And as we continue to strive for perfection with this type of communication, we do so knowing how important it is for true operational success. Tony, the struggle is obviously real. And so I'm going to ask you, from your perspective, what makes interoperability such a challenge? Well, there are a number of aspects to true interoperability because we're talking about not just network interoperability, but of course, also between devices and between applications. And the there's policy, there's technology, and then there's just, it hasn't been planned out carefully enough as far as some of the reasons for the challenge of this communications interoperability. So going into the, the aspect of on the network side, that there is some level of interoperability between, for example, LTE networks in that you can send a text and have communications, even have a data session across networks. But one of the things that not necessarily can, and today is not enabled, is the ability for first responders who, for example, on the Verizon network are provided uh, priority access, uh, preemption in the case of total uh, saturation of the network, that means gives them priority over a, a non-public safety user, as well as enhanced quality of service. Those attributes do not necessarily, and well, actually do not today, even though it's technically possible, uh, pass on to other carrier networks. And the model for this is the Department of Homeland Security's wireless uh, priority service, which is voice only. But it is a capability that shows that we can take that voice call, which today on today's network is a specialized data session over Volte. We can take that call and prioritize it across networks. And that type of coordination and that type of capability it would enable this t- the true interoperability uh, for, across networks. Another challenge, of course, is between the devices and the uh, applications. Devices are much closer because there is a certain standardization that they require for that device to be uh, capable of working on any network. At the application level, that's probably where we're furthest away, is having multiple applications, for example, uh, mobile situational awareness. There's a number of applications 
on the uh, market that support uh, uh, situational awareness and location on a mobility uh, perspective. And these can be, some are focused on firefighters, some are focused on EMS, some are focused on uh, police. Uh, Many are actually embedded in vehicle routers, vehicle uh, capabilities, or uh, vehicle traffic management type applications. The ability for those particular applications to work together, I think, is also critical. But you need to start off with the networks being interoperability. And that's where uh, Verizon is focused today. And obviously, you know, the technological part of this is always a struggle in, in really anything we do. And, and certainly as providers, boots on the ground folks, many are very technologically savvy, but many aren't. And our focus isn't so much on that. So it's, it is a struggle for, and it is frustrating. And so with what you're telling me, you know, again, there's certain things that have been done, you know, to, to recognize and to mitigate these types of challenges, you know, priority use for first responders and things like that. But what are some of the larger type measures that Verizon is taking to mitigate this overall frustration of interoperability? Well, one of the things to remember about interoperability and as a first responder yourself, you know this inherently, is that when on a we call it blue sky on a day-to-day basis, you don't want to share your network and that spectrum with someone else. But in the event of a a mass casualty incident or a major incident, you want the ability instantaneously, as soon as you need it, in order to be able to communicate with other agencies or other departments within your agency. And so th- I think that's one of the major, uh, major challenges and one of the major areas of focus uh, for Verizon. Verizon today is working uh, on a number of levels of, to improve uh, public safety communications interoperability in terms of the applications and services we provide, as well as, uh, for example, we have, uh, I'm the lead for Verizon for a, a particular project where we're working with an academic institution. We'll be entering our third year in a row in order to promote uh, public safety interoperability across areas, not just networks, but across applications and, and between devices. And so I think there's, it's a walk before you run type of situation where we're incrementally making progress. Uh, but there is the obstacles are not just technological. In some cases, they're policy, and in some cases, they're commercial. And you know, uh, the the truth is that uh, communications providers are also uh, commercial entities with fiduciary responsibilities to their to their shareholders. And you'll see some players, not just network providers, by the way, some players that will actually not promote interoperability, even though I think we all agree it would be in the best interest of public safety in general, simply because of a a, a competitive exposure situation. And I think that needs to be addressed. I think we need to, as a industry, focus on what is the best possible outcome, if you will, for uh, public safety. And that's the ability to have any application uh, similar applications or t- and devices and network be able to interoperate and be able to be controlled by the public safety entity to open up that communication interoperability when they want it and to close it off when they don't. 
And I think that's uh, where the industry is moving. And that's certainly what Verizon is advocating. Well, it's interesting because from what I hear in what you're saying, as much frustration as the provider has, because let's just say for lack of a better term, hey, this isn't working. I can't talk to them and they can't talk to me. There's equal frustration on the provider's part, meaning Verizon, because it's like, hey, we're giving you this opportunity, but when we give it to you, you don't want it. And you only want it when you want it. So it's kind of like, uh, I want my cake and eat it too type thing. You're doing the best you possibly can to give them that product, but it's never going to be perfect in a provider's eyes, correct? Well, I think uh, I think you have to avoid thinking something's perfect because there's always an enhancement that you can have. And, and the, I think uh, clearly Verizon understands the position of the first responders uh, that in the field that they want it when they want it and they don't want it when they don't want it. And that's got to be our mantra. That's got to be our, our challenge. And, and it's got to be what we, in, at the end of the day, deliver. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't say it was frustrating. Now, going back to the technology aspect of it and just exactly how you uh, skin that cat, so to speak, how you deliver that solution, uh, that's a, that has been a challenge. And it will continue to be a challenge, but we've made some uh, we've made some uh, advances and we'll continue to make additional advances. And again, I think you're starting to see the industry truly, truly recognize the, uh, the advantages of interoperability, which of course is something that first responders and the agencies have recognized for, uh, for decades. And I have to assume that there's some sort of mandates, regulatory processes that are happening now as we get deeper and deeper into the public safety vortex as to we need to have this type of regulated behavior as to what's interoperable and who's interoperable and, and all of these other ways so that when we are faced with a mass casualty incident, we're, you know, we're not working at that point to figure out how we're going to do this. Well, you would think so. <laughs> uh, but but there's not a lot of regulation. And again, this is part of the innovation and uh, uh, competitive nature that makes our economy and makes our technology leader in the world. So, I mean, it's, there's positives and negatives, but there no, there's no regulation per se that says that applications that are similar, again, going back to the uh, mobile application for situational awareness that identifies uh, where that firefighter is and has a tie to a, bio, uh, a biometric uh, wristband that he has, just telling you his heartbeat, et cetera. There's no regulation that says uh, th that those have to interoperate. But there are standards bodies, uh, for example, the 3GPP uh, interoperability between networks. So you have the basis for many of these interoperability capabilities what we have to have is the uh, the technical tweaks, if you will, that will make these different applications in different devices in different networks interoperate. And then there's also the matter of policy, is that the entities involved are open to uh, having this interoperability. Talking about the applied research, one of the things we're looking at is the interoperability between different types of mission critical push to talk platforms, which is a specialty platform that allows uh, LTE 4G cellular technology to interoperate with land mobile radio, which is the traditional uh, public safety radio spectrum. 
And it's a challenge technically because they're very different capabilities. You have almost no data capability on an LMR. And of course, uh, 4G and 5G have fast data capability, as an example. So between those different, that interoperability between those two networks, there's going to be limitations, but those systems exist and Verizon supports those as well today. What the next step has to be is how do you have different carriers, versions of those same capabilities interoperate? And then beyond that, what if you have different platforms across carriers? So, and that's very much focus of our, uh, our, our uh, research and our commitment to the, to the marketplace so that you don't have to worry about whether you purchased a, a platform that's going to be left out in the cold. Because one of the things about interoperability, uh, obviously, it's hugely important for situational awareness in a mass incident. It's obviously the ability to share information and, you know, under the FEMA National Incident Management System model of having true situational awareness and having the, you know, the hierarchy of command and having that information to make the best decisions. And making good decision after the fact is not the same thing as having the information in real time or near real time in order to be able to make that decision. Lives are at risk uh, from, from that perspective. But the final thing to keep in mind about true interoperability is that it protects existing and future public safety communications technology investments, right? With the backward compatibility. And that's when one of the challenges uh, in the marketplace is that when new, inter- new capabilities are introduced, oftentimes it's not backward compatible or interoperable with previous versions. If we establish a overall interoperability framework, then that also adds life and value to existing communications as you add in new innovations and new uh, uh, new solutions. It's interesting. And I'm listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, listen, I'm a self-proclaimed neophyte when it comes to technology. But if I, if I hear this correctly, I would is it am I correct in saying that the interoperability product that we're seeking as responders is contingent upon the interoperability between carriers and networks? At, at one level, absolutely. Without the interoperability between the networks, then the if the devices are compatible and if the applications are compatible, it doesn't matter. But conversely, conversely, if you have that interoperability between those applications in those devices, and the networks don't interoperate, then you, you, you're in the same situation. So you really have to have an entire ecosystem of interoperability because when you're, you're looking for communications in a mass incident, you're using an application for that communication that has to be able to interoperate. You're using a device, either in, um, in vehicle uh, modem or a handheld or laptop, and you're using that to communicate, that has to be able to interoperate. At this point in time, I'd say the devices are, are ahead because, as I mentioned, there's certain standards they have to adhere to in order to be able to connect to the uh, cellular networks. Uh, and then, of course, the networks have to interoperate, and they have to interoperate with those 
public safety attributes that I mentioned before, priority, preemption, and enhanced QoS in order, say you've got a mass casualty incident, why is that important? Well, not only do you want to be able to have priority on your your, uh, uh, network that you originate on, but you need the same priority on the network if you're moving to another network that you terminate on. So from end to end, priority preemption and enhanced QoS, if you will. Before we wrap up, I wanted you to touch a little bit, Tony, on a different side of this that we're pivoting towards here. You know, not just public safety, but the mobile health and the telehealth platform that's being utilized all over the country now and and is playing very largely into the healthcare model and how interoperability plays into that. Well, we've... uh, Verizon's been a leader in telehealth as well as specifically for EMS and ambulances for telehealth for uh, the ability to have uh, consultations with a physician in real time uh, via tablet uh, in ambulances, whereas, you know, it's a very cost efficient model where a single physician can actually support uh, a large number of ambulances and do tri- triage and, and uh, uh, determine which hospital they need to go to and uh, life-saving measures that perhaps the uh, ambulance technician wouldn't have been able to do without that guidance. So, and, and we've expanded that, frankly, to areas that you might not think about. Uh, uh, we've recently had a incident, uh, I mean, had an opportunity where we're working with uh, a, a large sheriff's uh, department in a large uh, southern city, and we've uh, been able to use the same model to, to bring health, uh, mental health care into the sheriff's de- deputies' cars. So when they run across an incident that uh, is not a criminal incident, but a mental health crisis, that they have that expertise, and it's had tremendous success. But take that a step further as you move into the newer technologies with very low latency and much higher bandwidth, that you'll be able, such as 5G, that you'll be able to actually expand those capabilities where not only are you doing triage and, and giving general advice, but the, uh, the quality of the video and the low latency will potentially allow you to do some remote surgical procedures, for example. And, and that is a case where you get, or it's a game changer in terms of life-saving capability. It, it, it really is unbelievable. You know, the, the remote nature and, and the telepresence that this interoperability platform is, is bringing and is going to only get greater as we move. I mean, communication is and always will be a huge factor in operational success. And Tony, I certainly want to thank you for coming on and enlightening us with some really important information about what Verizon is doing and the overall impact that it's going to have in our industry moving forward. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And it's a pleasure to serve uh, this market. 
Well, thank you, Tony, for all that you do and the Verizon team. A quick reminder, don't forget to start planning for EMS World Expo 2022, October 10th to the 14th in beautiful Orlando, Florida. It's going to be fantastic. I will promise you that. And finally, I want to thank you for tuning into another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I am your host, Mike McCabe. Stay tuned for some brand new and exciting episodes on the horizon. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Talk soon. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 